0: We had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Contemplation and Meditation. So far, we have been seeing in the first segment of Bhagavad Gita, which consists of chapter 1 through 6, instruction about who we are as individual egos and how we should act in this world. We have seen in chapter 3 to 5 that we are active beings, and we need to understand the anatomy of action and then act efficiently in this world. We admire people who are proficient and efficient in this world. Bhagavan said that, Yogaha karmasu kaushalam Dexterity in action is yoga. And that is achieved by samatvam yoga, which is by balancing your mind, you achieve that dexterity, that proficiency you get the maximum out of your ability in your actions. And for that, the method which was devised, we called it Karma Yoga. And the foundation of Karma Yoga is to work in this world without expectations and attachment. So we have seen that the method is to act consistently with balancing your mind without expectations of the fruits. When I'm acting in this world, only right I have is to act, but never for the fruits. Therefore, I shouldn't be worried about those fruits. I should not have any particular expectations from my actions. And if I can work in this world without any attachment to my actions or the objects which I'm trying to achieve or have achieved in this world, then I have learned to practice karma yoga. That we have understood from chapter 3 to 5. And Bhagavan has also talked about sannyasa renouncing this sense of ego. Naiva kinchit karomi I am not doing anything. Anything that I am doing is done by my body, my mind, my intellect, but I the self, either consciousness which is empowering this body, mind and intellect is not active is not participating in any action and that's how you become a sanyasi, renunci. In the beginning of this chapter, you'll learn Bhagavan has defined who is yogi or sanyasi. But before that in the chapter 5, Bhagavan has defined the goal of performing yoga or becoming renunci. He said, Yah, Antaha sukha, Antaha Ramaha, Tatha Antaha Jyotihi eva yaha sahayogi brahma nirvanam brahma bhuta adhigachati a yogi who has achieved the state where his sukha is within himself traveling in his own self and illuminated such a person becomes ultimate liberation the complete freedom and he becomes brahma bhutaha he becomes one with the brahman the goal is to achieve that ultimate liberation we are all trying to achieve freedom, but freedom from external bondages is not the goal. The goal is from the internal bondage, which is binding me to the limitations of my body, mind and intellect. And Then I consider myself limited, now I am in competition with the rest of the world. But to achieve that goal, once you established yourself in Karma Yoga, then there are other steps to be taken. So, in the beginning, Bhagavan said, So, he defined who is a yogi. Yogi is consistently and constantly working in this world without expectations for the fruits of actions. You see, he is also sannyasi because you cannot perform any of this without becoming unattached. So the definition of a yogi is one who is performing actions without any ex- expectations of the fruits and his goal is to become brahma-nirvanam completely free, free of all limitations and for that there are further steps one has to take. So we have seen in last verse we have discovered verse 10 where one said yogi Yunjita satatam, atmanam ha, Here is the advice what a yogi should do. The verses before them have described a yogi who has balanced in his mind in any situation, in a physical condition which are hot or cold or uh, sukha or dukha, loss or profit. All those things are at the physical, mental, intellectual level. He has practiced this Karma Yoga to achieve the state of balance. Now that he has achieved the prerequisites for meditation, to focus upon who is that which is enabling this limited being to act in this world outside. That's the quest. And that's the exercise which we are now looking at. So the first thing he said, Yogi Yunjita Satadam. The Yogi should... Satatam, constantly rahasi atmanam sitaha, live in solitude, ekaki, alone, yata chittaatma atma, with the control over his mind, on himself nirasi, there is no thought of achieving anything, he is living in present, if I live in a moment, there is a complete cessation of thoughts, but I live in movement, there is a the past and then there is future. The so past and future are the movement of my mind. When my mind retracts back, it becomes past. When my mind fast forward into what can happen in future, it becomes my future. So this past and future should be avoided. Asa is not a hope in this case, but it's a thought of acquiring something which is hope. parigraha, having no possession. I think this body is mine. This mind is mine. The intellect is mine. My possessions. So even if I give up all other possessions outside of my body, my intellect, I still have these three basic possessions which I consider them to be mine. And Bhagwan is saying it, even that you don't consider to be yours. That's an instrument you have borrowed from this prakriti to transact with the rest of the prakriti using the elements of the prakriti you are working with the prakriti that level of understanding bhagavan said a yogi should achieve before he starts his meditation and then bhagavan gives the instruction in the next four verses he completely describes the art of meditation People do ask me once in a while, Neil, do you know any good book for meditation? Because you teach Bhagavad Gita. and I say, I know a really a good book, Bhagavad Gita. There is no better book to learn meditation than Bhagavad Gita. Because Bhagavan has described the prerequisites, the preparation in first five chapters, how to prepare yourself for meditation. Then he also gives you the entire chapter on Dhyana Yoga. Here is what meditation is. So in the next four verses, the actual physical technique of meditation is described. But to achieve that, you obviously have to have all the prerequisites. Getting up one morning early and saying I'm going to start meditation is not really meditation. It does help you. That's not to discourage people to meditate. But that's not the meditation which Bhagavad Gita and Upanishads talk about. Shuchav desay pratishtapya sthiram asanam atmanaha. Establish a seat in a clean place. That simple. All it said is find a clean place and establish a firm seat for yourself. And then he says na ati uchritam, not very high. Na ati nicham, not too low. You have to decide what is too high for you and what is too low for you. Something which you feel very comfortable that you will not be aware of your seat. If a seat is too high, you are very aware of your seat. And then you will be afraid that if I lose my balance, I'll fall down. Or if it's too low, you may not be comfortable. So establish a seat which is firm, not wobbly and not too high, not too low. Chaila jina kushaha uttaram In sequence, you put this cloth, skin and grass, that kusha grass. So basically put kusha grass first, then a skin on it, and then on top of it, the cloth. I'm sure there are scientific reasons and logical explanations why in those days when Bhagavad Gita was written, that this seat was described, the the two basic fundamental forces which are fighting in this world or the two great forces the science describes out of the four, the gravity and electromagnetism. These are two counter forces. Gravity pulls you down, electromagnetism keeps you above the earth. So to resist gravity, obviously you have firm seat, gravity is constantly working on you when you are trying to steady your body. So, Bhagwan has basically given us how to be comfortable. The, your goal is not to be identified with your body. So, you have to make your body so comfortable that you are not thinking about it. You are fighting this force of gravity. So, the way you have to fight your gravity is to have a proper seat. The skin and grass may have a quality of less thermal conductivity, less electric conductivity. Your body is creating electrical force when you are you are doing anything and to conserve and to preserve maybe the certain materials are described. Now there is always the question of why skin? So, either a deer skin or tiger skin? What I have learned from Swami is that you cannot use any animal skin for a, a, asana, which is a hole in it. If there's a hole in it, that animal had died of unnatural causes. By a hunter, who had killed that animal through arrow or bullet. That is not acceptable. In other words, you don't, you don't go out and kill animals to create seeds for you. But in nature's recycling, if the animal had died, it's like an organ donation for other uses. So now the organ donation we human beings also can perform by donating our organs. So this skin is basically from an animal which has died in natural causes. So there is no violence involved in it. So make a seed from this available material and we can make our seed from available material we have and then what to do after you establish your seed and set down on it Tatra ekagram manaha kruttva yata chitta indriya akriya upa vishya asane yunjat yogam atma visuddhaye. So the goal of meditation is clarified in this verse. Goal of meditation is atma visuddhaye for the purification of my atma, my internal instrument. As seekers of liberation from our limitations all we can do is purify our internal instrument. The rest comes from God's grace, Bhagavan's grace. So here the goal of meditation or contemplation is purifying my internal instrument and to do that sitting there on the seat which I have created. Making the mind single-pointed. Tatra ekagram Manaha Krutva. The mind should be focused on one thought. You can't achieve a state of thoughtlessness right away. So, you have to focus on a one thought. And therefore, we have Japa or some kind of a chanting. Om Namo Narayanaya Vasudevaya Nama Om Namachiva. Take a mantra and focus on it. Make the mind single-pointed. Restraining the thinking faculty and the senses, Yata chitta chintan kartru chittam. That which is thinking is chitta. That should be restrained. We obviously know what it means. When we try to concentrate on one thing, the mind runs into other thing and creates a chain of thoughts. I'm chanting Rama Rama, and the Rama we think about Ramdas, and the story goes on. But once it's restrained, that activity, and should practice yoga for self purification. So. The goal is described. I have to have a goal in mind. Anytime I do something, if I have a goal in mind, it becomes easier to focus. So the goal should be I am doing this to purify my mind and intellect. And therefore, he said, the Ekagram Chitta focusing your thinking entity or one thought, controlling your sense organs. In other words, no other activity should take place at that time. And then Bhagavan says, Samam kaya a physical Pasture is described here. Samam kaya Siragrivaha Dharayan achalam sthiraha, Making the body, head and neck erect. Sampreksya nasika agram. Gazing at the tip of the nose. There should be eva in it. As if your eyes are closed. So you're not really looking at your nose. But your gaze should be such as if you're focusing at a one point. So focus on that point which is in the center of your gaze without looking around you are not really uh, looking around but even a mind also should not be looking around for other images in your gaze that should be focused at one point on a one thought and that thought may start with a japa you know. we also talked about the asana and that you have to sit down with the folded legs the Padmasana gives you the largest base and largest base makes you most comfortable, is the most steady posture, therefore Padmasana. But most of us cannot perform Padmasana. People like me now with my legs surgery, I can't even sit on the floor anymore. Does that mean I'm disqualified to do this meditation? And Bhagavan said, no, all I told you is to create an asana which is steady and comfortable. Whatever asana is comfortable for you, But the goal is to fight gravity, so you need a largest base. And also we know, because I'm an architect and I have to deal with structural engineers, and they tell us that the column which is completely straight is the most efficient column. If column is at an angle, it requires more steel and more material to resist that bending, which is what wants to fall down. So we know that when we are slouching, it actually requires more energy for the body to fight gravity. But if my spinal column is straight, it requires the least amount of energy. And it is the most comfortable posture. When you have the biggest base and erect spinal cord, because the spinal cord is really holding the most weight, your head, that big mountain which is at the top of that spinal cord requires a very steady column. And as I said, the structural engineers have told us that straight column is the most efficient column and it can take the most amount of load on it. An angular column can only take a limited amount of load or less than a straight column can take. So to balance this head on your spinal column, it should be erect. Therefore, this body, the neck and head should be in one single line. It will fight the gravity most efficiently. So the asana is described, the posture is described. And then it says, Prasantatma, Vigatibhihi, Brahmachari, Vratesthita, Manasamyamya, Matchittha, Yuktaha asita matpara and the activity, serene and fearless, firm in the vava brahmacharya. These are the prerequisites. Once I came to this level, then I'm ready for meditation. Once I have the prasanta atma, a serene mind and brahmachari in the life of moderation. That I have practiced. Now, manaha samyamya, by controlling my mind, Matchittaha, controlling the mind into that focus of me, the self. Now your thoughts should be nothing but who am I? What is my real self? What is the nature of myself which is different from this body, mind, That thought, Bhagwan said, a yogi should be engaged in. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episodes website at neilbut.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om sarve bhavantu sukina sarve santu niramaya sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit dukha Om shantihi shantihi Shanti Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om